In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 197 of the CantoBite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, it's my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm not podcasting from bed today, so it could be better. <laughs> is that gonna is that gonna change the the podcast? You not being in bed? I don't know. It's like I'm in the Sith layer now, and it's like I feel this like urge of like seriousness and professionalism because it's like I'm in an actual like podcasting studio so it just it's I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't call them serious or particularly professional but more professional than me just sitting in bed and podcasting oh fair yeah but yeah it's nice here I'm using a Raj's mic so it like smells like his breath so it's like I feel like I'm just like making out with a Raj so it's like kind of weird but slightly strange okay yeah it's it's fine yeah it, it could be worse but yeah it, everything's going good how's your week been it's been it was all right i go had a productive weekend i bought um some new shelves one of those like cube ones that you can put the like the pop-up organizers in um and i finally organized a bunch of my books because i had no room and i had like piles of books on the floor so i built shelves and then i sorted a bunch of shit out and got rid of a bunch of books that either I am never going to read again or have in Kindle form and had to have no sentimental attachment to or stuff that like, oh, hey, it turned out this guy was a gross, abusive creep. So maybe I don't want his book on my shelf anymore. But Uh. yeah, so now I have all my books on shelves and I have room for some incoming toys part of the reason that finally even though like seriously i've had books on the floor since i moved into this apartment like two years ago part of the impetus was i had a couple toys on pre-order from um comic-con and i'm like i literally don't have any place to put these and when they come they would go on the floor so i better get some shelves but really most of the cubes are already full of books so We'll see what happens when toys come, where they will go. Uh, Slightly more room, but not quite as much room as I had imagined when I bought the shelves. That's funny. I know finding room for toys or just like finding room for anything is like such a challenge because it's like you can get these like storage units or just, you know, just storage, you know, like what you built 
And there's always never enough room. Like I finally took out the porks the other day and Carlos hasn't been home for a week. So he's going to be very surprised when he comes home and sees that I have put all of the porks with the Legos in the China cabinets. (laughs) So I'm very excited for that reveal. A porg and Legos cabinet. That's good. I mean, it's not like you guys are having a much dinner party, so I suppose you don't need a china set right now. Yeah, no. And it's like uh, the china cabinet, like I knew that we would put like just our miscellaneous shit in there because it's like some of his Legos are like kind of cool. I'm thinking like, wow, this is such like a modern thing because you just think a china cabinet, you put like your fancy dining shit in there. But I'm thinking like we're just a bunch of like 20-something-year-old like people. Like we don't need to have like – that kind of stuff yeah. yet like we're gonna have very informal parties which is why porgs and legos are a necessity i have a set of china in my parents basement that was my grandmother's and it's very very pretty like i have i have one of the bowls here that i just use for for jewelry but i what am i going to do with it out here yeah I mean, like, I can come over for, like, a dinner party. (laughs) I mean, I can use all – because, I mean, how many plates is it? Like, six, seven, eight? Like, I can just put, like, different food items and, like, eat from each plate so that, like, we're using all of the the china. I'm trying to think if it's an eight set or a 12 set. I don't remember. But I feel like that is something that sort of has died out. I don't know if couples are still buying china sets. I doubt it. I always see them at estate sales and I think like maybe I should buy this because when am I going to get the opportunity to buy it from somewhere else? Because like I don't want to spend like two, three hundred dollars on like a dining set, something I can get for free from, you know, my uh, from Carlos's mom's (laughs) garage that she does not use anymore. You know, just it's like what what do I need to spend all this money for? Because that's the challenge that, you know, I'm being hit with now is why do I always spend thirty five dollars on a crock pot when I can go to a state sale and get one for ten dollars. Like it's just it's like it's estate sales and just not having to spend a shit ton of money is just like my answer to everything. Like will it work as well? I don't know, maybe, but I mean like do I necessarily need it right now? Mm. No. Yeah. I don't. It's fine. That's totally true. fine. But I just ordered, yeah. you know, and I have several pieces of plastic on pre-order and why do i kent jersey still hasn't shipped i'm very annoyed oh that is annoying especially seeing how wonderful he was this episode he's wonderful every episode i love him so much he is my favorite person and he is insanely hot i don't know if just because like he's angry all the time but like he's also (laughs) so soft he is so soft should we just talk about ted basso yeah, let's just talk about Ted Lasso okay. because I just finished yeah. watching it before we started. Spoiler for episode two of season two of Ted Lasso. I am surprised by how happy I was to see Jamie back. Yeah, I was happy to see him too. And I feel like this is a perfect opportunity for like a redemption arc for him. You know, he's super vulnerable right now after going on that dating show quitting everything and coming back and assuming that, you know, he would have a spot back on the team and they're like, no, fuck off. And that now he needs a home and that how kind Ted was to offer him a home after he said no. But after seeing how some of the teammates were acting, you know, Ted saw that redemption could happen with him too. So I'm really eager to see how that's all going to go. And if Jamie like really kind of 
just kind of changes his attitude and is more kinder to people. Yeah, like he can't change completely because you need you need some sort of conflict and he's good at that. And especially since they've also had they've also had this thing this season of um oh, what is the doctor's name? I don't know. I feel terrible. Uh Sharon. Sharon. That she already is a conflict for Ted and that Ted wants to fix everything and can't. Now Ted is sort of driven a further wedge between himself and the team, especially, and this is the only reason I'm mad about him letting Jamie back on the team is that he promised Sam that Jamie wasn't coming back. And you cannot lie to Sam. Sam is the sweetest man. Yeah. You you shouldn't lie. Like I, I am surprised that, you know, Ted went along and lied. I feel like definitely with Sharon there, that's kind of messed with Ted's mentality. Yeah, and I, I think at the time it wasn't a lie. Like, he wasn't planning on bringing Jamie back in. But the fact that, I mean, obviously, the way the team reacts when when Jamie walks out, he didn't tell them beforehand. And the fact that he had emphatically told Sam, don't worry, he's not coming back. That The fact that Jamie coming back was so big that Sam would freak out and yell about it. Sam would yell at Ted. Like, both of them the nicest men. And... It made me it made me very upset. Yeah, like I definitely feel for Sam, especially when he was saying that no one has made him feel as worse as Jamie has ever made him feel. Like that's just so horrible that Ted would see that and still put Jamie on the team, even though he knows that, you know, Jamie can redeem himself. You know, Jamie can change. Like I think that he should have explained that to the team first because I get the whole, you know, the whole surprise of, oh, Jamie's back. But also it's like you got to think about the team and what the team thinks. Like there should be communication there, especially with Sharon there right now because you, she's observing the team and she's observing Ted. And wouldn't she want to have a good impression on Sharon? Because yeah. especially Ted knows like what and how she's affecting yeah, the team. And you can see it is coming partially from his conversation with, with Sharon and that it is him kind of like in in – they, uh, towards the end of last season when he's like it's all just in you know like building these men and how you play the game and and coach beard finally snaps at him and goes no winning matters and so you can see this as a continuation of that of him you know doing something that in terms of a really good player jamie definitely is but still like the way it went about was so unted like but one thing that made me soften towards Jamie a whole lot, besides the fact that as big of the, as the character is a huge asshole, he is very, very funny. But the fact that he had the little plastic army man, the fact that he had kept that. I know it, it really shows that he did care about that, about Ted and that, you know, the, during the last episode when he gets that note from Ted, you know, about how, you know, that was a good pass that he made or something or a good goal that he made and just how emotional he got, like when he got that note that the fact that like someone cared because, you know, he talks to Ted about his dad and how his dad was just so just judgmental on him and, you know, his playing of football and just that Ted cares and that. Ted sees that he needs someone. He needs a dad. Like he needs someone who cares about him and that maybe if he has this, then he has the potential to be a better yeah. player and a better person. But I don't know. Like it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And again, it does, you know, we need some sort of conflict because it's a, you know, television show and you need that. But what else? Ugh. 
Roy agreeing to do the appearance as a commentator and actually enjoying himself. And you really see how insecure he is. And that, like, that, and then, you know, that goes so, that's so wrapped up in all his anger and, and, you know, like, assuming people aren't going to want to see him or assuming he's going to be humiliated. And so he's just preemptively mad about everything instead. And, oh my God, the stuff of, with Keely jerking off to his retirement announcement was so funny and i i just i can't get over how great their relationship is i was really worried that she was uh that is that is a video of like like, please don't do that show please don't do that show and this was such a better payoff It really was. And the fact that, you know, she's so turned on, you know, by him being sensitive and him showing emotion is just like the funniest thing in the world. And especially at the end of the episode when, you know, he gets back and, you know, he thanks her for, you know, just doing all of this for him. And then he plays the video for him. Him turning on that video and then going to go down on her. Like (laughs) it was both incredibly hot and also very funny. And I just... The show is so perfectly written. Like I keep they keep making swerves that I do not expect and I love them for it. And especially that relationship. Like I've never seen a relationship like that on TV with Roy and Keely. Like it's just so adorable, but also it just shows just how great something can be, you know. And they're just so wonderful together. You know, he's angry and just grouchy all the time. And she's this little, like, ball of sunshine. But when they come together, it's just... Also, I just feel like so often in shows like this, and this is Keely and and Noi, but, like, sort of everybody. So often comedies are just people being awful to each other and hating each other. And you just sort of go, why are you even friends? Or why are you even dating but like all the conflicts on the show feel much more natural and the comedy comes from other places like it's not just hey isn't it funny how much they argue no that's not that's not what the show is and i'm glad for that i need that in my life yeah i'm really happy that we have them and just that that their relationship is so wonderful and sweet because usually after like the couple gets together on the show like I think of like the office and just like how when like Pam and Jim like finally got together like just it just got so like stale and with them together now it's just their humor and just like them like supporting each other is just so lovely like when Roy gets home from the little soccer match or the little football match and just talks about it and says oh you know they lost like this and that like they can't do headshots because of brain damage like he's telling her like how his day went with like how angry yeah. he is doing it but that he's doing it like it's just it's so nice like why can't we normalize that kind of behavior in shows so that people see that and think I should have this I deserve to have this you know my grouchy adorable boyfriend telling me about his his day coaching. 
he has a grouchy, adorable boyfriend. He is. I just, I love it. Just the grouchiness, but just like the amount of care that he has. Like, it's like the whole trifecta. Like, that's a man right there. Yeah. Also, like the beard is so good. And when he was in the suit to be on the on the commentary, oh. Roy Kent is the best thing to happen to television. Oh, I love him. I was, I really was wondering what they were going to do with him this season since he had obviously wasn't going to be on the team anymore and I was kind of worried we weren't going to see much of him but no we're seeing a lot of him eventually he and Ted need to have a scene again I know he like refuses to see Ted or interact with Ted which I think is the funniest thing like how he drove off when like Ted saw him in their the car I love the show I watched the episode twice already I don't blame you. Yeah, just it's so good. Like I can't believe a show is as good as this. Uh, yeah. Um. I've I finally got Arash and Lorena to watch it, and they are so happy oh, they good. started it. And I'm just like, good. Yeah. Still working on Chris Fresh. Still hasn't watched it. I'm getting mighty pissed off. You know, Chris Fresh. Like, why do you do <laughs> the things that you do? <laughs> oh that's a very good question like i understand that he's on this like little high right now because the whole like masters of the universe thing like finally like came out and like it's good i guess but like that just doesn't mean that you don't watch ted lasso i know right like i made time to watch the fucking masters of the universe cartoon he can make time to watch ted lasso don't get me wrong, Master of the Universe cartoon, kind of good, actually. I was very surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But nowhere near as good as Ted Lasso is. And he's just sitting there on his high horse, just ignoring everyone around him, all because of his little Masters of the Universe. His his little toys are finally moving on the television screen. <laughs> Ugh. It's actually a pretty good show. Yeah, that's what like it's not. It's not like anything groundbreaking or wonderful, but um, it's got a good voice cast, and the animation looks good. And there's only a, there's a couple of really bad Kevin Smith lines that just feel like really Kevin Smithy. Like there is, I think it's in the first episode. Somebody makes a no glove, no love reference, and it's like, you know what? That's not what this show should be. Um, I was talking to to Steve, who I do the Fan and the Furious with, and he he's like, he I I think I had I had watched them all, but he messaged me being like, I gave up five minutes in to Revelation because I was so annoyed by the Kevin Smith dialogue, and I had to be like, wait, 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 no, actually, yes, those lines are terrible, but give it another chance because mostly it's about Tila and Evelyn being cool and growing beyond the men in their lives and that's good and also orco so i got him to try it again and i think he ended up enjoying it but yeah there's there's a couple of real clunker lines yeah i mean that is to be expected from kevin smith but yeah that, that, that's a bummer but I mean, yeah I, I, I i'm glad that i i stuck it out because i ended up enjoying it and i'm looking forward to the next five episodes whenever they eventually appear yeah 
That's good. How's Steve doing? He's doing good. He's got a baby. You know, they're chilling. Wow. That's that's amazing. Congratulations. Yes. He's did, very cute. Did he name him Dom? <laughs> He's not named Dom. But, you know, that's that's probably for the best considering uh, where we ended up on Vin Diesel by the end of that run. What about Gerard? <laughs> that, I feel like... I feel like you can't have you. I don't understand. Like Gerard is one of those names. Where like, how do you look at a baby and decide to name them Gerard? Because you can't call. I mean, I guess you call the baby Jerry, and even he goes by Jerry as an adult. But Jason, <laughs> you didn't Statham. Statham. It's <laughs> a good solid name. I watched half of the new Fast and Furious movie. I need to go back and watch the second half. I just sort of. It was, oh, it's like two and a half hours long. I can't, I can't fucking deal with that. Yeah, especially hearing about the plot and like what happens in this movie. I, I'm so surprised that they're doing these films because it's just, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, they're doing them because they make a shit ton of money. But no, no, it was fun. I just, I can't watch anything for that long, especially not an action movie. So I have to break it up. Although I did watch all of Jungle Cruise in one go, and that is another ridiculously long movie for no reason whatsoever. You bought the Jungle Cruise? No. I stole the Jungle Cruise. What are you fucking talking about? Of course I didn't buy it. I didn't pay $30 to watch the Jungle Cruise. Are you insane? Oh my god, if I didn't want us to get in trouble, I think that you should have named this episode I Stole the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Are we gonna write name it that way anyway? Yeah. How was it? It's fine. It's way too long. Like, there's no way. It's like two. It's almost like two hours and twenty minutes or something crazy like that, which is bananas for what's like you know like a family adventure action movie. Um, The Rock's really charming. Oh, of course. I like Emily Blunt. Uh, Jack Whitehall. I wasn't sure on because I, I mostly just know him as a stand-up but he was he was he was fine the cg is terrible at points like almost laughable like there's this he has like um the rock has like a oh, like a leopard or i don't know some giant cat and it looks really bad like it looks like a cartoon and some of the, the, you know, like when they're getting attacked by tree vines and ghosts and shit, that it's it's uh, it's pretty bad for a movie of this. I imagine this movie had a pretty high budget, and it seems like the CG is out of like a early two thousands. But I don't know. It's got Paul Giamatti doing a terrible Italian accent, um, and having a like a cockatoo, and. He's not in it enough, but I don't know. It's The Rock. He's just sort of enjoyable to watch. I good. honestly could not tell you pretty much anything about the plot. <laughs> it's, it is not a memorable movie. I don't know if this is like considered a spoiler, but from what I remember hearing about the Jungle Cruise, one of the first things I remember hearing was that this was like the first Disney movie where a character was going to uh, come out. 
Yeah. Uh, well, for, I mean, they've said that for a lot of things that, you know, they said that in Beauty and the Beast and some other shit. Uh, this is mm-hmm. definitely more than that. Um, Jack Whitehall's character is gay. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, it's still a Disney movie, so you don't actually, you know, see him with a guy or anything. It's just him saying that, you know, he's telling the the rock about how, like, sort of like how he got sucked in on this adventure. And it is, you know, him, like, talking about turning down the proposal from some very eligible woman. And it's the third proposal he turned down because my affections lie in another direction. And, you know, so, of course, you don't actually use oh. the word gay or anything even close to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's not anything they deserve any like praise for but it was it was nice to see yeah that's cool i know they've been talking about that for years when i first started you know hearing about the jungle cruise movie that was the first thing that i heard and i'm thinking okay like that's that's cool that you know that they're finally starting talking about like real life things in movies because like not every single character is white and straight or not every person is white and straight because that's what they are in disney movies so that's no. cool. No, it could have been it could have been a lot worse. Like it was a it was a watchable movie. Um unless, you know, like your kids are really excited about it, I would not say it's one to buy premiere access for, but you know, in a couple of months when it turns up on Disney Plus regular and chuck it on. Uh quite a few jokes about like characters pissing themselves. But other than that, you know, it's family friendly. I think kids think that's funny. Is like maybe doing that? I don't know. I don't know what kids' I mean, I guess, humor is right there, now. But but there's at least three jokes about it, which seems excessive. That's weird. Yeah, and I don't know. I just I was like, how many times are you gonna make this joke? A lot. I don't know. Well, I'm glad that it was like decent because I kept seeing trailers and everything for it. And when The Rock showed up at D23 in the Jungle Cruise boat, I'm thinking, this is not going to be a good movie. Like I could always tell by <laughs> your entrance at a convention, like if it's going to be a good movie or not. Like for instance, Ben Mendelsohn showing up at Star Wars Celebration in his full costume. That's how you know it's going to be a good movie because you're presenting the movie to us. You're presenting the character to us. Like, that is such a fun thing to do. I'm surprised they don't do that more at conventions where they literally show you the character. Yeah. And I guess it's more of an ask for the actor rather than just be like, show up here. It's like, show up here in full regalia and make a big scene. But, I mean, certainly The Rock doesn't mind making a big scene. Yeah, he doesn't. He's he's charming, though. Like, I like The Rock. Like I do, too. There's nothing bad about him. He just seems like a nice, kind person. Like, I wouldn't mind having him over for a dinner party. Like, I think that he would – that just smile that he has. It's just such a nice, welcoming smile. Yeah. He seems like a decent enough dude. And, again, like, he just has a ton of charisma. Like, not you know, yeah. he's not – it's not like he's the world's best actor or anything. But when you see him on screen, you go, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. He's a good wrestler turned actor. John Cena, on the other hand, Oof. even though that he is very interesting to me and I'm very intrigued by the man that is John Cena, I think that he should stay in the ring versus on the screen. Uh, yeah, because he's in Fast 9 and I gotta tell you, it is... Uh, it's a struggle. I'm not surprised. 
Um, we don't really have any Star Wars news. Um, the only bit is Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Moff Gideon was at a, I think it's a convention, I think, and confirmed that he is returning for the next season of Mandalorian, which I never even entered my mind that he wouldn't be. Uh, apparently they still haven't started filming, which seems strange, but whatever. Also, it, it, there was some comment made about how, because Pedro is, is currently filming The Last of Us. Um, and so it definitely does seem that, you know, we thought maybe, some people thought maybe since we got the big helmet off stuff at the end of last season, that we'd maybe be seeing more of Pedro's face in the new season. And I don't think that that is going to be the case. Because obviously it's, much easier for him to do another show if his Mandalorian appearance is mostly uh, voiceover. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting that they haven't started like filming it or anything because I feel like they filmed the second season really fast, and you know the fact that he's busy now, but also too, I maybe the fact that they feel like they have to change around some things, knowing that they were going to have this whole series, you know, the um, about Cara Dune. Like, do you think that them, you know, kind of delaying filming has to do with the fact that they're either going to have to rewrite a character or replace a character or just pretend a character never existed? (laughs) I mean, that's the thing is, it's hard to know because we don't know what their original schedule was. Like, we don't know if this was delayed or if it was just fan expectation is different than the reality of when they were planning to do the show. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, obviously you'd have to do some rewrites i again for me like i'm perfectly happy if they would just recast that character but yeah i I think they they should yeah yeah it just makes sense i mean already it's a it's a character who's good for the show and is an interesting perspective just put another actress in the role somebody who doesn't suck yeah, and it's just so horrible because, you know, Cara Dune had such potential for her character to be great. You know, finding out more, you know, about her and how she's from Alderaan, like, that's so fucking cool. But then you see who Cara Dune really is outside of Cara Dune and just it's it's not too hot. So I think that she should be replaced because why start up such a beautiful story about a character and then just have it die because you have to fire someone because outside of, you know, the acting studio, like, they spread so much hatred yeah just fucking recast him it's fine shows used to do it all the time yeah it's fine like soap operas do it all the time like soap operas do it all the time um this is just on my head because i saw it announced that it's coming onto hbo soon which is uh lois and clark the new adventures of superman which was the 90s um terry hatcher uh dean kane show they they switched jimmy olsen's after i think the first season just because they, I don't know, something happened behind the scenes or they didn't like the first guy. They just recast him. It's fine. Nobody cared. Nobody gives a shit. They fucking recast uh, Terrence Howard for um, Don Cheadle in the Marvel movies. It's fine. I remember first watching those movies that confused the fuck out of me. Like, it took years <laughs> for me to realize that those two characters were one person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Terrence Howard might be a good actor, but that man, uh, if you read about him at all, he has some um, 
interesting beliefs. And it's also just apparently a nightmare to work with, but he was good. I liked Don, I liked Don Cheadle more, but I don't have a problem with Terrence Howard as an actor. I know. When do you think that movies will start, like, replacing faces or something? You know, like, what they did with Yoda, like, the CGI Yoda, and how they just change him in, like, The Phantom Menace. Like, when do you think they're going to start doing that when, like, they have replacements? And they're like, you know, let's try to CGI this person so that they're actually this person instead of, you know, the person that was replaced by them. Oh, God, that's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I'm interested to see who's going to do that first. If they, like, go back to the first Iron Man and just make it Don Cheadle? Yeah, because then, like, I wouldn't be confused anymore. <laughs> like, everyone wins. I feel like the actors' unions might have something to say about that. Seems it yeah, just seems like a bad precedent. Yeah, but I mean, they they still got paid. Like, uh, Terrence Howard still got paid for it. So, but I mean, also like, uh, Don Cheadle will have to get paid for it. Too, yeah, so it, yeah, but that, that would be yeah, an issue. it raised some interesting questions when it comes to. Royalty payouts. Yeah. Oh, that's tricky. But, mm, Disney know. Disney has enough of that fight on their hands right now. Oh, my God. I know. With everything going on with Scarlett Johansson. You know, at first... Dude. Yeah. What do we going to say about oh, it? No, go ahead. No. No, go ahead. At first reading it, because I, th- what I see is Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck. Here we go. You know, the woman who says that she wants to play a tree in a movie. You know? Like, yeah, sure. Okay. But then I read it more and I think oh shit, she has a point. Because then you look back at all those other actors, you know, that really wanted to, you know, make money. But then COVID happened and all of their stuff is being put on streaming services, you know, and they're not getting as much as, you know, they probably deserve due to, you know, COVID and due to, you know, their movies playing on streaming services. But then it's like, you see someone like Scarlett Johansson and think, oh, this person makes millions and millions of dollars. But I mean, it's a point. Like there's nowhere in the contract that says that, you know, hey, your movie might be streamed. So like maybe there should be something in the contract now saying that, hey, this might happen, you know, pandemic could happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But also like, yeah, she should get those royalties. Yeah, and here's the thing. Yeah, she's a millionaire, but it's not like she's suing some low-budget independent film company that's gonna, you know, go under if she wins this lawsuit or anything. She's she's suing a fucking billion-dollar company that it does seem like definitely did fuck her over and also the the disney statement was so badly done the you know like oh how dare she bring this lawsuit when people are in our industry is suffering so much because of covid it was just like so utterly like just like gross and manipulative and for for disney to make that statement was just like incredibly and i think it actually turned a lot of people against them like it had the opposite effect that they were going for because it was just so disingenuous yeah and you wonder why you know we feel uncomfortable you know speaking out on you know problems and everything is because you know disney comes out and says like shit like this that that downplays our feelings and downplays you know what we deserve like that's ridiculous like no one should have to do that the fact that this billion dollar company is complaining about this when like they're capable of doing so much and it's just they keep giving us just disappointing products like you know with all the things that are going on the disney parks right now and just all the things that it just we deserve better and the fact that you know disney is coming out and saying this you know to scarlett johansson and to all of us you know spreading 
this hatred or just spreading the word that like what we're suffering is nothing because of there was a pandemic. Like we should be thankful that we're alive or just like just spreading that bullshit. Like it's it's not okay. Like our – we shouldn't be silenced. I don't know. It just it just seemed it seemed like a really um, tone deaf. But you know, companies are gonna company. No, and I fucking I can't stand her. Like so, for me to come out in defense yeah. of her, I was so annoyed. I'm like, God damn it! If it was like honestly, basically any other thing, I'd be like, Oh fuck her! But no, she's right, and fuck Disney. Yeah, and Kevin Feige even like said too that or his his team said that he's pissed off too and thinking about the future of disney is is just weird right now because you know all the moves that they're making you know especially with this statement like i wonder how people are going to view disney now and i obviously like there's so many fucking disney fans like you have the parks people and those people are on a different planet but you know is this really going to affect viewership or et cetera, et cetera. Like I think this has the potential to. Yeah, but but beyond that, I mean from the from the the Feige angle, if he and you know, who knows, that is like very much like her through a grapevine thing. But yeah, he like he loves to get big name actors in his movies. And if they're seeing, you know, not only that Disney would potentially f- screw them out of back end profits, but also make gross like discussing public statements about it that that's definitely going to affect the acting pool who wants to to come into the MCU. Yeah, it's it's slowly going to affect a lot. Like I heard that a bunch of other actors are thinking of, you know, pulling a Scarlett Johansson and suing Disney too. Like I heard that Emma Stone wants to sue because of, you know, Corella, like how much that she probably could have gotten from Corella, which I don't know. I heard it was a fine movie. My mom loved it. Like she keeps telling me I need to go see it. I'm thinking, I don't want to spend $30 to see a movie that I can see for free in two months. Like I'm good. But yeah, I think that some of these actors probably deserved more from these movies, but didn't get it because of COVID. And it really, you know, starts the argument of like, how are these actors or how are these people going to be compensated, you know, due to the pandemic? Well, I mean, it's because we've already, um, Streaming services and stuff were already, um, and, and online media in general has already been a contentious issue with actors' unions and writing unions in terms of what the compensation is. And it's, you know, it's, it's, there's been a lot of, of, of discussions over this, and, and writers and animators and actors uh, getting hosed. Because, oh, you know, it's not it's not a TV show, it's a streaming show, and that means we can do this, this, and this, because that's what the contract is. And it just feels like part of the same oncoming reckoning that really needs to happen. Yeah, it it's interesting. Like, I wonder how, you know, these lawsuits are going to affect actors in the future and companies in the future, because... Yeah, something definitely needs a change because at the end of the day, you know, these actors and all the other people that are working on these movies too aren't getting fully what they deserve, you know, due to, you know, the struggles of the pandemic. And 
I just wonder if anything's going to be done. I mean, hopefully, but I wonder how soon. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how that plays out. I I mean, it seems like they're going to... The problem is because so many, it would encourage other people to sell, um, to sue, to coming to a settlement, there, there is a strong incentive for them not to, which is partially, I think, why they reacted so strongly to her and issued that strong statement is to try to discourage other people from suing. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just a start. I think that that statement probably influenced a lot of people to sue too, because knowing how you know wrong and insensitive that statement was, you know, a lot of people are realizing you know what they deserve, and that treatment is not what they deserve. Um, other than that, let's see. There wasn't really any Star Wars news this week, besides the you know Moff Gideon thing, which wasn't really news. But um, did you watch the Bad Batch? I did. What did you think? I really liked it. And, you know, we've we got, what, two episodes left? Yeah. It's, it's really flown, flown by. Um, I was wondering, you know, like we talk about a lot, like how are they going to do 16 episodes of this? That seems crazy. But besides that, the bug episode, I've, I've enjoyed most of it. And it seems like we're definitely in the end game part of it here. Um, I feel like at this point, there's two episodes left. I I don't think Crosshair can get redeemed in two episodes. I feel like they're going to pull something out of their ass and he's going to get redeemed or something or die. One of the two. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I'm really interested. I'm really looking forward to the inevitable scenes between uh, him and, and Hunter next up. Yeah, I every episode gets me like more and more terrified of Hunter. You know, the one episode where Cad Bane shows up, like, and I legitimately thought that Cad Bane just killed Hunter. <laughs> just thinking, what kind of show is this? But you know, I'm constantly, you know, surprised of you know the the violence in the show. I mean, not that that's a bad thing at all. I mean, the first episode you have them, you know, striking down a Jedi and like you know Padawan Kanan like freaking the fuck out because his master just died. And then this episode they killed the fucking prime minister. Like they just say bye because you know he was trying to get Lama Su to you know get out because they knew that you know they were useless. Now the Empire did not want to use clone troopers anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely some interesting stuff going on there, um, which uh, the whole like, we, you know, like we might still have another use for you thing um, worries me slightly and, you know, making connections to Rise of Skywalker. But all the other stuff I'm really enjoying. And poor Omega, when she's so upset when they have to leave him behind. Yeah, she has such a strong bond with Hunter and just hearing the cries of her saying, you know, cancel the order, please, you know, tell them to come back for you. But I mean, also I'm like, fuck the orders. Like, you're, it's the bad batch here. Like, wouldn't you think that they'd just say, no, let's not do it. I mean, I know that they are being chased down by a bunch of TK troopers and a couple of public commandos, but I, I think they should have gone back. I him. wonder if Omega wasn't with them. They would have gone back. Oh, no. But I feel like the determination to protect her is so strong that they were going to get her out of there no matter what. Whereas if she hadn't been there, they might have said, well, fuck it. We're probably going to die, but we're going to die trying to get our friend back. 
Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think that's the way that they roll. Like, I really think that if it were up to them, like, if if Omega wasn't there, they would feel – I mean, because like, I know they have a sense of, you know, we're brothers, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like when someone gives you an order, like, they're probably going to listen to it. And I feel like, you know, Omega has – not softened them up, but made them realize that, you know, we're family. We need to stick together. So I think that if Omega wasn't there, I don't think that they would have gone back for him. And especially when Cad Bane was going after them too, that they would just been like, oh, we lost Hunter. That sucks. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, I am, um, I'm looking forward to the, the last couple ups and seeing where they go and seeing if it has an ending or if there's a big, like, cliffhanger and we're obviously getting a season two because they haven't announced anything in terms of that have they i think they have announced that they're doing a season two let me let me check i mean they have to you look bad I mean, it certainly doesn't seem like two episodes season. enough to wrap everything up but yeah it hasn't been confirmed yet which is interesting. I would think that it would be confirmed because, or is it going to be like a one series or this is going to be it? I don't know. Um, I feel like it's got to come back for season two and I'm, I'm kind of hoping it does, or at least that they do some other thing because no matter how this show ends in two episodes, Omega's story is not going to be done. And so I need to see more of her because she is a precious angel. Yeah, yeah, I re- I really like Omega. I'm really like surprised, like happily surprised of like how much like I've really enjoyed, you know, watching her character shine on the series. You know, I'm really curious to see still, you know, just what's going to happen with Omega. You know, now that Lama Sue is now in the custody of the Empire, just like that's that sucks. Like no one can really, you know, how can Lama Sue watch over Omega now and make sure that she's safe? No, I really I've liked what they've done with Lama Sue's character. Like, I do too. Like actually made her character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. I'm that that is a bummer though about the prime minister. Like I really thought that at first the prime minister was just telling Lama Sue, "Hey, get out," because he was going to trap her and be like, "Oh, look, she's leaving. Let's mm. let's do this." But yeah, when they came in and said, "Hey, Lama Sue was doing this," like this is all you, buddy. That was, I was really that surprised was an, about that. That was a nice little twist there. I know. I appreciate a good twist. Like, I respect a good twist. Like, I think that was very well done. I also like the Bad Batch being confused about the new troopers and them not being clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I love the addition of the TK troopers and just, like, the introduction of them. Like, I think that's so cool that this is how they're finding out that they are no longer using clones. And especially when they take off the helmet and they see this is just... Just some guy. <laughs> a normal guy. There's just some guy. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Like, I think that's so cool, just the transition and that we're seeing that because, you know, you've always wondered, like, how do they transition from clones to TK troopers? And the fact that these people are just, you know, volunteering, you know, for the Empire. Like, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, like, the transition, I, I'm. it's interesting how quickly it's happening yeah um we don't have any more news or anything but we do have a voicemail should we do that i mean i guess i mean (laughs) 
it's not the worst thing in the world. It's not the best thing in the world. But yeah, let's do it. I mean, we haven't had any for a long time, so I'm excited about that. But it is from a worrying person. And it is from Chris Fresh of the Geek Dudes. And hey, hey, it's the podcast. Um, Yeah. So let me pull that up. All righty. Let's see if I can get this to play. Hello, Canto Kittens. Guess who this is? It's your very good friend, Chris Fresh. Um, I feel like we haven't touched base for a while. You know, you've taken a few swipes at me, but let's not focus on my negative. I'm here for the positive. I feel that your listeners, the Canto Byte Dispatch listeners, have let you both down. I haven't heard fuck, marry, kills. I haven't heard bedwatch suggestions. Everybody's just sitting on their hands listening to Ted Lasso um, reviews. Like, really? Really, everyone? I'd like to see this sort of spark up because if you're just going to leave it to me, this show is going to get real inappropriate real quick because we know last time I took it way too far. But I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to give it a bit of a light scratching. Let's just uh, let's just peel that Band-Aid off a little bit and see how it goes. I think if we're going to look at current Star Wars and who we should discuss fucking and killing and marrying, I think, you know, the Bad Batch is who's out there. Now, I'm going to put some strict provisos on there in there's something wrong with Wrecker. Let's be honest. I love him, but there's something wrong. So I'm not going to allow him to be included, nor am I going to allow Echo, because I think there's something off there. So we're going to test Emily's love of villains here. In Fuck, Mary Kill, Hunter, Tech, Tech, as my Kiwi friends would say, and Crosshair. Now, you may go to yourself, well, this is going to be easy, I don't know. Tech's pretty boring, so it'll be interesting to see where you guys choose to go with that. And if you're going to do a bit of a bed watch, I'd like to see where you two are both at with Back from the Dead Boba Fett. I know Hawes would certainly like to hear you discuss that. Um, he's a new man, and everybody seems to have a newfound appreciation for him. So... I hope you guys are doing well with this crazy world that we're living in. Love you both. And hey, Brit, say hi to your sister for me. <laughs> okay, so we have two things. So let's... No. <laughs> You're not going to say hi to your sister? We have one thing. Continue. Okay. Which which one of these two things are you not doing? <laughs> oh, saying hi to my sister. Okay. No, no. We have two things. We have a fuck, Mary kill, and no. we have a bed watch. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't talking about what things we have to be annoyed at Chris about because that list is endless. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like we can go on forever. Like we're at 50 minutes now. We can be at 24 hours. Like we can do this. Okay. So fuck, Mary kill. Hunter, tech, crosshair. Where are you at? Definitely killing. Tick. Tick has to go and I'll fuck Hunter because 
I can't see myself marrying Hunter. Like, it just Hunter reminds me of, like, Charlie Sheen too much. And, like, I don't want to marry Charlie Sheen. Like, I remember his goddess phase. Like, I, I'm a, I'm a one-person show. Like, I, I'm a monogamous person. So I will marry Hunter because I know that there's a soft guy inside of Hunter. Oh, yeah, Crosshair. Yeah. All the names. Yeah, Crosshair. There's a soft, soft person inside of Crosshair that wants to sit by the fireplace with with a, you know, a nice drink and just talk about like kittens <laughs> or something. Okay. Okay. What about you? I mean, look, I hate to say this next sentence, but Chris is right and that tech is pretty fucking boring. And also corrects people a lot, which I think would annoy me. So I think tech is probably gonna get killed. And I, without getting too much into a bed watch type thing, I feel like Hunter would be pretty dull in bed. Whereas Crosshair has his whole like uh, angry energy where he just has a lot of shit he needs to work out. And that's more interesting to me. So I'm going to fuck Crosshair. And Hunter, it's not going to be the most exciting marriage. And he's probably going to be off, like, on missions a lot, which would be, you know, that might be lonely. But on the other hand, that's fine, because then I can just do other things and don't have to, you know, be bored by him. He's he's nice enough, and he would be, he, he would treat you well. Yeah, good husband material. And then you get to have, like, Omega as a sort of, like, adopted sister-daughter type person. Yeah, that'll be fun. She seems, like, down to do anything. And, like, you you want to be around someone who's, like, down to do anything and really positive. I just want to, like, yeah, I would like to play games with her. Like, play with a, like, have her beat me at space chess and shit. Yeah. Because she would definitely win. Because I am terrible at games, but. Me too. You could just go off on fun adventures with her and she would have, like, bring home, like, random animals and strays. Yeah. So, bed watch. New Boba Fett. Um. I don't I know there's like the whole like that scene the you always see gift of Boba Fett back in the day like doing the little like chucking somebody the lady on the chin and being flirtatious and you get the whole Boba Fett thing from um the John Ham terrible terrible story I think Boba Fett to me, in I don't know if it's well because Boba Fett before I never really thought about, but like this Boba Fett, as much as I think Tamara Morrison is super fucking hot, I kind of see this Boba Fett as asexual. Yeah, like I just I don't I don't think he has any interest in it. Yeah, I I don't think so either i that's interesting because like i was gonna say that too because it's like i see boba fett now 
and I feel like his interests and his passions have totally changed. And, you know, I don't know if he knows what he wants now. And like, that's okay because, you know, he's capable of, you know, anything. And I, I think that Boba is so focused now on like getting back because, you know, after getting out of the Sarlacc, you know, that's a lot mentally and physically. So I think that, you know, as soon as, you know, he conquers, you know, Jabba's palace, which, you know, he has now, and now it's Boba's palace. And I think that it'll give Boba some time to figure out like what he wants. And I think that's going to be a great journey for Boba. Yeah. I just don't see him as having any particular interest in, even like certainly a romantic, but also I just like even even like a sexual relationship doesn't seem to be on his on his mind, and I think that would kind of be nice. Um, we saw um, an ace character introduced in the High Republic, and she's awesome and great, and that was confirmed in the Justina Ireland book. But it'd be nice to see on the screen. And so bed watch if you like bed watch tomorrow Morrison. Totally great in bed. That dude can fuck. Bad watch Boba Fett. I just don't think he has any interest in it. And I don't want to have sex with somebody who has no interest in it. Yeah. You know, I want everyone to all around, like, be happy to be having a good time. And I mean, like, if they don't. then yeah, they don't. Yeah. Like, let's just, like, sit around and play, you know, like, board games or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, there's other ways to have fun. Yeah. I would, I would have a beer with him. Yeah, I agree, definitely. But thank you for, I think, you know, sort of reintroducing those segments to people's minds. And also possibly we have, you know, some new listeners who hadn't, we, we used to do those quite a bit. So, well, you know, send us Bedwatch and Fuck, Mary Kill suggestions. You know, don't worry about if we've done them before or not. Just, you know, uh, you can send us on Twitter or you can send us email like Chris did. We can, you know, we can do voice messages too. And that is cantobitepod at gmail.com. Yeah, we miss listening to or hearing from our listeners. So it'd be like super cool to get some voicemail, get some email. Like it's super nice of Fresh to, you know, step up and be a listener. So yeah, and provide us some content when there's no Star Wars shit to talk about. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I, I appreciate everything that Fresh does. I mean, we give them a ton of shit, but it's like we kind of have to. Like it's part of the contract. Yeah. However, if he keeps pronouncing it Ted Lasso, I'm going to hit something because if he's going to give me shit for saying Legos, then he can learn how to fucking pronounce Ted's name. How does he, why? Like, where does that come from? Tell me the science in that. It comes from him being a fucking asshole is where it comes from. Oh, of course. I mean, we're not sitting here like making fun of his Masters of the Universe toys and his whole shelf of toys, you know, and he's... he's, Oh, a little bit more than a shelf. Yeah, I mean, multiple shelves, like just... And couches and anywhere he can stick shit. Yes. But Ted Lasso. Lasso. Yeah. Brittany, do you have anything else to talk about this week? Oh, did you watch any Gossip Girl? Because I did not watch episode four. 
I think I'm done. Ugh. I haven't had the time. I feel like I'm only watching things I know like guarantee me like happiness or you know content. And I just ugh, Gossip Girl is just like too much for me right now. Just the unnecessary and just over exaggerated drama. Like I'm I'm not here for that right now. Like I'm I am here to actually make friends. I'm not here to you know cheat on my boyfriend <laughs> and have threesomes. Yeah, I just, I don't like any of the characters and it's not soapy enough and it takes itself too seriously and the teachers are too awful for words. So I think I'm just done. Yeah, that one teacher, her face just bothers me. Oh, That's yeah. a horrible thing to say, but I truly mean it. Well, it, yeah, it, it's not like it, she's ugly or anything. It's just she's like has permanent like little like weird pouty face and it annoys me. And also I, like it probably wouldn't annoy me so much if her character weren't so reprehensible. Exactly. And just I'm bothered so much just how they're making teachers look, especially right now during COVID. Like that's the last thing. It's like doing a show about doctors and like making the doctors like look like total assholes. It's like, do we really fucking need that right now when these people are literally sacrificing so much for us? You know, these teachers are too. So I don't like that. That's not very cool, Gossip Girl. No. And it's also just gross and uncomfortable. Yes. Because they're fucking adults and it's they're gossiping on the lives, the sex lives of teenagers and they should all be arrested. Exactly. They should be. Um, so Brittany, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Canto Brit. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. The show is at Cantobite Pod. And again, you can send us email, candabitepod at gmail.com. Please rate and review us and follow us if you aren't already for some reason, even though you're listening to this on uh, Apple or wherever you listen to the show. Um, until then, thank you for listening. We're almost at 200. We're pretty excited about that. Um, so until next time, we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Kanto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out. Listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a Kanto bitch. Brittany, the Jinj, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, Kanto bitch number one.